to open up with prayer. If you'll just um, bow your heads with me. Dear Heavenly Father, God, Lord, I just pray um, that you will just first just be with me tonight, God. Um, I just pray that you will just help me to be able to speak your words tonight, Lord. Um, calm my nerves, for one. Um, Lord, I just I have been wanting to speak to my church for a long time. Um, about this, and um, a lot of it is nerves, but a lot of it is just, I haven't been able to gather my thoughts, because um, there's just so much within my heart and my head that I just can't um, grasp, and Lord, I just pray that you will just help me to be able to do that, um, and be able to speak clearly, and um, and Lord, um, I don't have a piece of paper tonight um, because every time that I would think, what do I write down? What do I write down? How do I put this on a piece of paper? Um, I couldn't. I couldn't put it in words. Um, and there's just so much. And Lord, um, Lord, I just, I just, a lot of that was because if I write it down, I would just be reading, reading a script. And I don't want to read a script. I want, I want to speak from my heart. I want to speak your words, how you're working through me, how you're working through these people um, over in Uganda and in, in, um, in their lives, in, in Abana's Hope. And I didn't want to do that. And I don't want to just tell a story. I want to tell your truth. I want to tell your words. Um, and I don't want to just share what exactly Abana's Hope is. Um, because you can look that up. Um, and so that's why I didn't write it down. Um, but that scares me that I didn't do that because I'm not a speaker. Um, and, um, but Lord, I just pray that you will just help me to be able to speak through you tonight, Lord, to these people and to share your word. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Okay. Um, so as you could see through the few pictures that you did see, um, it's really bright <laughs> up here. Um, yes, it is. Um, so you could see that they are beautiful people. Um, and uh, God has been, before I went to Abana's Hope, before I even went there, God has been speaking to me for a while, for a long while, for several years. Um, he gave me the heart for Uganda a long time ago. And um, I actually didn't even know about Abana's Hope until um, last fall. And um, I had never even really heard about it. But before that, I had already started planning a trip to go back to Uganda on my own. And um, through that trip, through planning that, through talking to different people on how to go, you know, the direction to take and through all that. Um, it's funny how I had already planned to go to this part of Uganda, to the northern part, to Gulu. I had already planned to do that and um, was making preparations and was um, working on finding a flight and all that stuff to get there. And um, through talking with people, um, I had some friends that directed me to um, the Four Corners Ministries. And it wasn't to go to, to work with them or to um, go to Abana's Hope, but it was nearly um, really just to have like a, just kind of someone to um, help partner with me to get over there to that sort of thing. But through that, um, plans changed. God showed me that that was not the path that I was supposed to take, that um, I was not supposed to do what I had thought that I was supposed to do, what I had planned in my head and had um, decided, but he had a whole different plan. Um, and he directed me to go with the Four Corners Ministries. He had that planned all along. That was not like, oh, accidental. Um, you know, it was, it all just, you know, directed itself and he planned that all along. It was just amazing how that works, you know? 
how he goes before us and he, he you know, uses our passions and our, you know, when we take a, one little step and, you know, we start walking, that even if we're going in a little different direction, he'll direct us in the way we're supposed to go. And it's just really cool that he does that. Um, and so anyways, I'm kind of sidetracked a little bit. Um, but so I went with Abana's, I went with Four Corners to Abana's Hope. And um, so before I go into Abana's Hope, I have this song that I heard actually today. And I know the song, I've heard it millions of times before, but it played today that made me, um, it just went right along with it and it just spoke to my heart. And so I just want to read the words. Um, I have a picture of it, that's what I'm doing right now. <laughs> um, so I just want to read some of the words because it just really goes with that. Um, it says, it's called I'm Not Alone. Most of you probably know this song. Um, is when I walk through deep waters, I know that you will be with me. When I'm standing in the fire, I will not be overcome. Through the valley of the shadow, I will not fear. I'm not alone. I'm not alone. You will go before me. You will never leave me. In the midst of deep star sorrow, I see your light is breaking through. The dark of night will not overtake me. I am pressing into you. Lord, you fight my every battle, and I will not fear. I am not alone. I am not alone. You will go before me. You will never leave me. You amaze me, redeem me. You call me as your own. You're my strength. You're my defender. You're my refuge in the storm. Through these trials, you've always been faithful. You bring healing to my soul. And then it goes back to the chorus, I'm not alone. I'll probably end up leaving that up here so Kenny can get it later. <laughs> Anyways, Abana's Hope. Um, just a little bit about it. It um, it's through Four Corners. They have it's in the it's out in the bush. Actually, it's about an hour away from anything. Um, so the closest place is the closest town is Gulu Town, and it's in like. The, I guess you would say the Kanene district or whatever. Um, so that probably doesn't mean anything to you guys, so I won't go on a lot about that. But their community of people that live out in nothing, you know. Um, and so Abana's Hope, it's about 100 acres, give or take, um, of land that the Four Corners Ministries has purchased. And so they've built up this community um, and where the people in this, in this district, in this um, area, they, have, they can come and they can work and, um, in different um, areas to earn money and um, get a sustainable living for their families. And... Um, stuff like that. So there's different types of ministries, such as um, the life beads, where, they, where a lot of the ladies, they make beads and jewelry. Um, and um, several of the men and women, they work on the farm, and they um, do agricultural stuff. And, um, and then there's a, um, there's a school that actually is getting... Um, growing and growing every day. They're um, currently, they just, they're in the process of actually building um, two, two buildings. Um, they just broke ground for it. They're building an actual building for the school. Right now, the kids have been meeting at the church um, in um, Abana's Hope. And I mentioned the church. There is a chapel where um, people that people from all over the community can come every, you know, Sunday and Wednesday for Bible studies and um, all that stuff, it's an open, um, you know, it's, it's not like it's closed or gated in. It's open for anybody to come. And there's, that's just a couple of the ministries. There's a, there's a doctor's, you know, office where, you know, people can come if, for health, you know, reasons and stuff like that. So, um, but that's just a few. So there's several different ministries that people can, you know, participate in and um, come and have jobs to earn money for their families to help um, their kid, for their kids to go to school and stuff like that. One of the biggest things 
um, is the child development program that is growing and growing, and it's only been kind of alive for a couple of years. And um, this is, you know, it's a lot of you have heard of child sponsorships and stuff, and this is part of that, but more than just sponsoring a child, it's really sponsoring a whole family. You know, when you sponsor a child, you're not just giving money to the child, but when a child comes into that child development program, the whole family becomes a part of it. And um, this family is able to, you know, come and they're given um, different, like they're given food, like not just from the money that you're giving or say whoever's being the sponsor, but um, they're, they're provided food like several times a month. And they're, they're like, they have different programs for them within the church and different things that they're given and they're checked up on weekly and stuff. So it's for the whole family, not just for that one child. Um, so it's really cool. And um, so that's just a few things within the, within Abana's Hope. But I don't want to just talk about what Abana's Hope is um, because that's, you can find more about that elsewhere. Um, but I want to talk about what God is doing in the people's lives and through my life and in, in that area. So um, the people, the Acholi people, they're a very, um, I guess, broken, broken people. Like they're, their hearts are broken, their lives are broken, they're hardened um, by the outside, by the world, by um, kind of, I mean, so are we. We have different things here that harden us, that, bre that break us, that, you know, we're no different. We just have different circumstances. Um, and, but a lot of them are hurt by the war. Um, I don't know if you've heard of, most of you probably have, but if you haven't, um, there's a group that's the, um, the LRA or the Lord's Resistance Army um, that um, has affected all of these people in this area. Um, there's a man named Joseph Coney that was a big part of their lives. And most of all these people um, were affected by him, were part of, the, part of their army, were child soldiers. Um, and so they are very hardened, very broken, have a past that is so deep that they can't talk about it. Um, so it's going in to talk to them or listen to them, and it's, it's hard, you know. Um, but knowing inside that you're just like them, you know, like I'm like talking to them, I have to think I'm no different than them, but just because I haven't been through the same thing as they, like they have personally, doesn't mean that I'm any different, you know? And so, but I had to constantly remember that and, um, and stuff. And um, so, but that's, that's how they are. Like they, that's a lot of their past. And, um, and also another Another thing going into it was right before I went, um, one of the missionaries that him and his family, they have lived there for most of the time, like for about three years they have lived there. And right before I got um, left to go, um, Myron West, he's, um, he was the father of the family, he got really sick. Um, and I don't have to go into everything that happened but he got really sick. Um, he got diagnosed with malaria plus several other things. And it was, nothing could be done. Um, and before I got there, they had transported him home. Him and his family went home. And um, while I was there, he ended up passing away. He died. Um, and so that was really, really hard for not just all, not just the missionaries that were, that were there that have known and loved him or the Americans, but for all of the people, like all of the Acholi people that have loved him, that have trusted him, that have come to listen to his guidance. And, you know, that, 
they were broken. They, um, it's almost like everything was ending for them. Like a lot of them, they thought that. Most of them thought, well, Myron's gone, so it's all stopping. You know, now in reality, no, it's not. Jesus is bigger than all of this. He's, you know, God was here before, you know, everything. And, um, but, you know, when something bad happens, when something hard happens, a lot of times it's hard to grasp everything and to understand that. But, um, but anyways, a lot of them were thinking that. So, you know, there was just a lot of hard stuff that had to be, like, I guess, addressed or talked through or listened, like, have a listening ear and different things and not, you know, just, well, this is this and this is this and this and this, you know, because a lot of times you can't just, you know, spit out the facts when there's hurting people. Um, but... Um, Anyways, you can, ima- you, can, you can imagine what I'm saying. Um, so, um, so just throughout the, the time, throughout the time span, there was several moments, like daily, really, um, that some situation would come up where someone would, and it could be a random time, you know, where... Um, we'd be talking and something would come up where they're, say about Myron, for example, or, you know, about what's going on with the Banis Hope or if it's this and you just have to give encouraging words and tell them the truth and, you know, talk about, you know, how God is, God is over all of this. He's in control. He's in control of, you know, he's in, he is in control of Myron's family. He was in control of his death. He's in, you know, he knew what was happening and he's going to be here through the end. He's, you know, and just trying your best knowing I may not be given the right words, but, um, but, you know, just trying to trust that God is going to speak, you know, through, even if I'm messing it up, you know, and, um, but it was tough. It was really tough to, to deal with, you know, their pain and, and, and stuff and, and through their past and not really understanding, you know, where they're coming from, but have a visual, you know, all I have was a, is a visual and through things I've read and stuff, but I can't really put myself in their place because I haven't been there. But, um, just having a listening ear and just being there for them and that, You know, I'm probably about to walk off the stage because I'm not paying attention. Um, (laughs) uh, So just just being there for them and like through, like one of the, and I'm talking all over the place, um, but some of the the most, I guess, I don't know if fulfilling is the right word, but I couldn't, it's almost like I couldn't stay away. I guess, because it, it's like I had a pull. Like, I could, I could go every day to the jewelry room with the life beads, the, the ladies that made the life beads, and I could just sit with them for hours and just, just sit with them and listen to them, and I didn't speak their language, like, at all. And... A couple, a couple of ladies spoke some English, broken English. Um, and I remember the first few days that I went, um, like, I just sat with them, didn't say a word. They kept doing their thing. You know, they would look at me a few times and, you know, just probably, they were, I don't know what they were thinking. Um... But I would just sit there and, you know, uh, outside on there, they, I don't know if it showed a, if a picture popped up or not, um, but there, it is, there's a, the Life Feeds has a building, um, and a lot of times they would sit on the porch outside. And so I remember, like, I would just sit outside with them and just on their little, on the mats and, 
they would just be making their jewelry. And the first few times I went, I just sat with them and didn't say a word for hours and hours. And I did that several times. And then eventually a relationship formed through, I don't, I don't know why exactly, if me doing that, not really, I guess, pushing myself on them or, you know, maybe because I didn't push myself on them, I just, you know, went and just said, you know, it's okay. I'm here. I love you. Whether we speak the same language or not, I want to be with you. If that had anything to do with it, I don't know. I wasn't really thinking through it. I just wanted to be there. And, um, but eventually a relationship formed and we became like the best of friends. And I just wanted to be there every day, every day. And I could stay there all day. And I mean, I re- literally couldn't stay there all day because there was other things that had to be done, but I would want to stay there all day. And um, like, eventually I, start, I started learning the language because of how much we would talk and we would just start working together and I would try to do the beads, but I couldn't. Um, it's hard work. Uh, it really is. Um, but anyways, I'm going on a tangent, but that was one of the most fulfilling things to me because it was just, it's not about like how much work can you do? Like, what can I do today? Let me go and, you know, and I'm not trying to knock, you know, people that, you know, want to do good things because that's great. That really is great. But in my opinion, and what I believe that the Bible tells me to do is form relationships and, and yes, do, do service for the Lord and, and love him with all your heart because that is the most important thing is love Jesus. But through that, form the relationships with people and love them as, you know, I, I don't know because it's just... If you love God, you're going to love, if you love the Lord, your God, so much, you're going to love people through that. Because if, otherwise, if, if you don't love people, then you don't love God. Like, that's, I don't know. Um, I know my head's like out there. Um, So, anyways, I guess that's what I'm saying through all the time that I spent. It's just the relationships were so important to me because through all this time I spent with them, through the relationships I built with them, it's not like we just talked about random stuff. Through all that, eventually I was able to share with them the love that I had for Jesus. They were able to share with me so much about them, whether they loved Jesus or they didn't agree with it or whatever, but we were able to talk, you know, and, and stuff. And it's like, if I wouldn't have spent time with them, none of that would have happened, you know? And it's not just the life fades. It's, you know, with the ladies of the agriculture, you know, we would like go in and eat every day. And we would have, um, I know I'm, y'all are like, what are you talking about? But, you know, it's, spending two months in a place, it's not, it became life to me. It became everyday life, you know, eating and sleeping. And, and these people became family to me. It's not like, you know, you, you go and you see somebody once and then you don't see them again. These people became my family. And... We saw each other every day. We ate together every day. We, you know, we ate. It's like when I got home, it's, it's almost like I couldn't breathe because it's, it's like I just fell into a place. And yes, this is my home, but that was my home too. And it's like I just dropped into a place and it's like, All of a sudden, I had been living life every day for two months and in a totally different culture where it's, you're sleeping different, you're eating different, you're eating different types of food. It's a totally different, you know, culture. And then you're dropped into another place and it's like totally culture shock. It wasn't culture shock going there for me. It was culture shock coming back. 
And I don't know, like, um, anyways, I'm tangenting again. Uh, <laughs> sorry, guys. I told you I'm not a speaker. Um, there's so much, so many more of you that could do a better job at this than I can. Um, but that's okay. I'm doing it. Um, so, uh, so relationships. So, so I was talking about. Um, oh, and uh, also, um, it's really. It was really cool. Probably use the word cool a lot, but it was really cool to uh, be able to use what my gifts and talents are here, there as well, like teaching and music. And I was able to go to the school with the, with the kids like a few times a week and teach music lessons with them. And, um, and no, they don't speak English, um, but you can still teach and do the same things in another language, you know, just like you can do here. Um, and, and stuff, and the kids can, people can still follow you, they can still communicate with you, and you don't have to speak another language to love somebody and understand that they love you back and that they want to talk to you. You don't have to speak, another, speak their language. Um, love goes a long way. Um, hugs go a long way and smiles go a long way. And um, so, so, yeah, so I, you know, was able to do that a few times a week, and that brought so much joy to my heart um, to be able to do that. And, um, and the Women's Refuge Center, um, which is another one of the ministries that is at Abana's Hope, it is um, for women and their children who, there's different situations, um, but a lot of them have either, you know, been abused in certain ways, um, or have been banished from their families um, for different situations, like they think that they're, um, like if they have some type of a sickness, they think that they have a curse or something, and that's very common in this part of the, um, you, in this part of Uganda. So it's, it's different situations, like one lady, she has a type of, that's just recently come into the, um, Women's Refuge Center, Center. She has, um, she has a like a really bad cancer right now, and she's one of those that she's. They've been banished from their family, so they're her and her kids are in the Women's Refuge Center. Um, and another family, the the grandmother has. Um, uh, I forgot. I'll remember in a minute. Um, <laughs> but anyway, she has another illness, and um, it's the same situation. But several of them, it's, you know, abuse or a different type. And so it's a two-year program, and the program, it's throughout that, hopefully, the plan is for throughout that time for the, the, the mother to be able to, they get a job with, within Abana's Hope, and um, they earn money for their family, and then they're able to um, build their own home, get their own land within that time, and so they have a sustainable life um, without, within that two years. Um, so it's a really great program for their families, and that's also within this, um, with the Four Corners, so it's just really great. Um, so, um, So, um, God, it's really, like, throughout the time that I was there and just talking with these ladies and just, and not just the ladies, the men too, but since I'm a woman, I talked mostly with ladies, um, and the children, and, um, but just through talking with them and listening to them and their stories and 
the ones that would share their stories and and just just seeing how 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 much well God definitely he's he's so amazing and he is so so he's just so sovereign like he he is sovereign he's just bigger than I can ever comprehend but just through talking with them through all the pain and the suffering and through um, different things and just it was just like it's almost like you know here a lot of times we and I had to I had to learn this. This is something I learned, but a lot of times I most of the time, actually all the time, uh, <laughs> I hold things inside and I don't share things and you know, things that are in my heart, things that, you know, um that are painful to me or really just anything, even if it's nothing nothing really important at all. I just don't, you know, really share much. But I learned that when you are talking to people and, like, really listening to them and they're sharing with you, and it is important, like, to be able to share your story, too, and not just, I mean, I'm a good listener. I, I, I am. Like, I, one thing, I just don't talk, so I'll listen. Um, and... I guess that's, that's, sometimes that's good and sometimes that's bad. Um, but I had, to, I had to learn that I needed to be able to share too. I couldn't just hold stuff in because to be able to share the gospel with these people and to love them like God wanted me to love them, it was important for me to tell them what he has done in my life, whether I wanted to or not, whether it was scary or not, whether I was ashamed of it or not. Um, but I had to be obedient in that and say, Holly, quit being selfish. Share. Um, and like, by doing that, it's almost like I can think of one one situation very clearly, and I was at one of, these, one of the ladies' homes, and she was actually one of the Life Feeds women, and we had become pretty close, and she actually spoke zero English, um, zero, but we had become pretty, pretty close, and um, we, um, I was at her home, and she lives just outside the Women's Refuge Center. She's not in the Refuge Center, but she lives close to it, and we were talking with her. I was with another um, member um, or another person, another missionary, and um, we had a translator with us at her home. And we were talking, and we ended up bringing up some stuff from the war. And she, personally, she had been captured and um, taken as a child. She was nine years old when she was taken. And she was there for until she was 17, she was in the war. Or she was, so she was a child soldier and she was there through when she was 17. So she didn't go into all of the story, but she told a few things. And so you can imagine that from a child through your teenage year, as a woman or a girl, several things um, could have happened to you, probably did happen to you um, while you were there. Um, and besides just fighting and killing and having to do that, forced to do that. And so she was sharing some stuff, and then she, she, actually, she actually escaped. She wasn't released. It didn't just end. She escaped. And she talked through how she did that and the fear she had and, and all that stuff. And th so through all of her telling that and me just listening, I was like, I can't just sit here. And she actually stopped. She got to a point and she said, I can't share anymore. It's, you know, it's, it, it's too, too hard for me. I can't share anymore. It's, you know, and so just kind of listen for a little bit. And, and then 
it's like God was like, Holly, this story, like a random one that I hadn't even thought of in years because it happened when I was like in high school. But this story popped in my head. And it was like, Holly, it's not the same thing as what she's going through or what she went through, but you can relate it. You can relate it to what she's going through and you can apply your story with hers that can, I don't know. And it was something that happened to me when I was in high school and I, was in, I, was, I wasn't captured. I wasn't nothing. I, I didn't have to be a child soldier. But I, I'll just tell you, I was in an armed robbery when I was in high school. And so that, I won't go through all my story because it doesn't apply to any of this right now. But that one little story, I took it and I talked to her through it. And I was like, this happened to me. This happened to you. And through like, like I guess what she was saying, she was like, I don't see how God can use me and why he blah, 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 and all this stuff. And, and so me, I took that and I was like, you know, I don't know why at that point in time, why I lived why God chose for me to live and all this stuff, but he did, you know, and he has a purpose for me. He's using me, and I don't know what all is going to happen within my life, but he chose for me to live. Same reason he chose for you to live, and he chose for you to escape, and he's working in your life, and he's going to be here for you. And, um, and so that's, I guess what I'm saying is you have a story. Your testimony doesn't have to be, and I was talking to my small group last week, and we were talking about testimonies, and we were saying, um, I was just, we were just talking about how your testimony doesn't have to be, well, when I was 10 years old, I came to know Jesus, and, and you tell that part of your story. Your testimony can be anything that has to be how God is working through your life. It's your story, and it has to do with, you know, what God is doing through you, how you can help, you know, you can talk with someone else to help them to come closer to Christ and how they can come to know Christ and, and that sort of thing. And it's almost like as soon as I talked with her and shared that part of me, she was like, she just started sharing the rest of her story. As soon as I finished, she kept going and she shared the rest. Like, and it's nothing I did, but she gave like, it's like God, it gave her the courage. Like God spoke through me and gave her the courage to keep going. And it's just little things like that, that just living life and like we do here daily. And we can do that. We just need to talk with, not be afraid to talk with our coworkers and our people at school and um, our daily people, we, our neighbors and stuff. And, and that's what it was there. It was just daily living and just not being afraid, which I was afraid a lot of times. But um, I'm going to be honest with you, it was scary, just like it's scary here, but not letting that fear overtake you and, you know, trusting God and just saying, you know, God, speak through these words and, and use it and just, you know, because you are sovereign and you are, you know, worthy. And, and um, so anyways, that's most everything. <laughs> um, it was a, there's a lot through um, and I can't, I can't grasp it all. Um, it's all here, it's all here, and it's hard to speak it out. That's why I'm all over the place. And I could, as you can see, there's no way that I could write it down. I don't know how, and I don't even know how to speak it. So um, anyway, so I'm going to give it to Kenny. <laughs> I got this. So why don't we do this? Um, I want to share just a little bit of my vision that God has given me and why it is we have people come and speak to you, whether it's Yusuf or Kayla or Holly. You know, why are we going to Haiti? There's a leadership group that is going to Haiti uh, on a vision trip on Monday. We actually leave at 8.15 a.m. Eastern Standard Time out of Atlanta to go down to Haiti, and we'll be there through Wednesday uh, just trying to discern where God is leading us to serve and what mission he has called us to. Um, we're going to a place that's called Missions of Hope, and it's based in Haiti. The Missions of Hope is across the globe. They've got a number of locations. Haiti just happens to be one of the locations. So why? why? What, what has God given me to, you know, what are we supposed to do in this church? And, and what God has done through me, and I can... 
this is kind of my testimony, I guess you will, as far as missions is concerned. God has impressed upon my heart that we are supposed to, I am supposed to show people different areas that they can serve, different areas where they can proclaim the good news of Jesus, different areas where they can love other people, uh, whether it's through beads or whether it's through soul hope or whether it's through going to um, the... Uh, my mind just went blank. Give kids the world down in Orlando to serve kids with, with uh, life-threatening illnesses. I mean, just like there's a ton of areas, different places, different ways that you can love people to proclaim the good news of the gospel. So that's where God has led my heart. And one of the reasons that God led me, I believe, to Missions of Hope in Haiti is because they have different areas in which you can serve in Haiti. It's not just, well, you just go down there and build churches, or you just go down there and, and, and have uh, water wells or clean water um, projects or something like that. It's a lot of different areas where you can serve. And so that's the reason I want you to see the different perspectives of the people that come up here and share with you, because... It is the overflow of their heart. They have to proclaim. We studied in 1 John last week. I just want to share a couple of things with you. We proclaim. It starts out in 1 John chapter 1. It says, we proclaim. I'm just going to read to you what Connie uh, shared with you last week. I'm not going to redo this message. Um, I even told her not to put it up on the screen. But we proclaim to you the one who existed from the beginning, whom we have heard and seen. We saw him with our own eyes. We touched him with our own hands. He is the word of life. This one who is life itself was revealed to us, and we have seen him. It says, and now we testify and proclaim. By the way, the proclaim happens to be the name of our band, by the way, in case you didn't know that. Uh, and we proclaim to you that he is the one who is eternal life. And it's like when your life has been transformed, you can't help but to proclaim what God has done in your life. I mean, it, and more than likely, if, if that is squelched in you where you don't necessarily have a desire to proclaim your testimony, to share what God has done in you, you probably need to take a good look at your relationship with Jesus and say, do I have a relationship with Jesus at all? Um, because I really believe that, that when Lazarus was raised from the dead... And Jesus brought him back to life, and the dude was wrapped up in, in grave clothes, and he had to take all those off and get a bite to eat afterwards, you know? Like, I doubt that he went home and, like, was, I'm not going to tell anybody about this. This was a cool trick that Jesus pulled off, but I'm really not going to even really tell anybody about it. Uh, his life was so radically transformed. When he came back from the dead, I bet he told everybody he encountered. Like, I bet there were guys coming up to him, hey, Lazarus, you want to go play ping pong? And he'd be like, you know what that reminds me of? There was this time when I was dead and Jesus brought me back to life. Uh, hey, Lazarus, uh, we're going to get a bite to eat down at Arby's. You want to go with us? You know what that reminds me of? You know what I mean? Like, I guarantee you every single time uh, somebody talked to Lazarus about anything, I guarantee you he'd be like, man, you got to meet a friend of mine. He is really cool. And I was dead, and now I'm not anymore, and he did it. I'm just saying. So I, you cannot help, when your life has been so radically transformed by Jesus, you can't help but to proclaim that good news to other people. You want them to experience what you have experienced. And Holly, I, I, I got a verse for you here. Uh, there are different ways. There are different ways to love people. And Holly was talking about developing relationships, and, and that is absolutely. There's, God has called us to do different stuff. Some of us serve. Some of us develop relationships. Some of us preach the gospel to thousands of people. You know, there are different ways in which you can love people. And what you said reminded me of what's in 1 John here. It says in, in 1 John chapter 2, verse 7, it says, Dear friends, I am not writing a new commandment for you. Rather, it is an old one you have heard from the very beginning. This, is, this old commandment, to love one another, is the same message you have heard before. Yet it is also new. Jesus lived the truth of his commandment, and you are also living it. For the darkness is disappearing, and the true light is already shining. What, what, what's John saying there? What's John saying there? He says, it's an old commandment. It's a new commandment. Jesus lived it out. Now you're supposed to live it out. That's your calling, to love one another. Now, how do you do that? In Simple Church, we, we put it in three different categories, to reach, teach, and serve. Uh, you know, when, when, you, when you serve somebody in the name of Jesus Christ, you are loving them to Jesus Christ. If you, you can't just serve them, you have to serve them in the name of Jesus Christ. I am serving you because God loves you, and because God loves you, I love you, and I want you to know this God that I know. 
When you teach somebody God's word, when you show them what God has said, it's a reminder, it's a constant reminder of them of what God has done in the past. And that's the reason, and I was going to go in, in 1 Chronicles chapter 16 and read to a whole long passage, but I'm not going to do that. But I just want you to know what, what David is doing. They're bringing the Ark of the Covenant back into Jerusalem, which represents, this is a place where they stored uh, the, the commandments of God. They stored them in the Ark of the Covenant. He's bringing it back into Jerusalem, and they're celebrating. I mean, they got Rice Krispie treats. They got cymbals. They got drums. I mean, they got lyres, and these are not the ones that tell stories. But they're, they're playing a lot of instruments. They're having a party. It's a big thing. And, and, and David, he starts writing down these psalms, and he's like, man, you, 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 can't, you can't believe what God has done. Let me remind you what God has done. He takes them through this whole laundry list of things that, that God has done to remind them of God's faithfulness. When you teach somebody, you are reminding them of God's faithfulness and what he has done. And when you reach, you know, some of us are called to preach to thousands of people and share the gospel with 10,000 people in a weekend. And that's phenomenal. When you reach people, that is another way that, that you love them. You're loving them to Christ by telling them, just sharing the, the good news of the gospel with them, which is something that we're all called to do, but that may be on a one-person level or it may be on a 10,000-person level, but we're all called to do it. Why? Why? Because it's the overflow of our heart. And I've talked, you know, I was talking uh, this past Sunday about being weary and, and how we get weary sometimes. We do. We get tired. We get worn out and, and we feel like we're kind of at the end of our rope and sometimes you honestly you feel like you want to quit right you really feel like man I'm done I've had enough I'm, I'm just tired I'm exhausted I don't have the same passion I used to my passion's kind of gone away I'm not praying as much as I used to I'm not in God's word enough and and, and all this is weighing on me really heavy and I, I, I get it and I've been there and, and people are looking at me right now saying oh we've talked about this recently yeah there's like two dozen of you that had this conversation with me, so I get it, all right? Listen to me. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Why do we continue on? Why, why do we keep doing it even when we don't feel like doing it? It's because it's the overflow of our heart, and it's what Jesus has done in our lives, and you, it, you can't keep that quiet. You can't squelch that. You can't tuck it away and say, I don't care about it anymore. It's got to come out, because if it's in your heart, and God who has started a good work will see it to completion... It's going to be the overflow of your heart, and it's going to be something that you can't ignore. Or, or, it's not really in your heart, and you don't really have a relationship with him. But I believe for a majority of people sitting here on a Wednesday night that are consistent and faithful in their attendance and trying to learn and understand more about who God is, I believe it's more the case of, you know, I'm just tired, but it's still here. And sometimes the weariness of life has is, is, is kind of kept it down, but it's still there. And, and the only way, the only way that you're going to be able to rekindle, rekindle that passion, to, to rekindle that desire is to, to do things like, like Holly did, to, to go somewhere and, and, and get away from all the, the pressures of life and, and get away. And this doesn't mean you have to go to Uganda to do it. It doesn't mean you have to go to Haiti to do it. You, you can go away by yourself to Mount Chiha and, and sit in a hammock or whatever. But I'm just saying there, there has to be a point where you get away from everything and say, you know what matters is what God has done in my heart. And you focus on that and you read God's word and you just get alone for a day and allow that passion to grow because you remember what God has done. And that's the only cure for weariness that I've been able to find. It's the only thing is to remember, to remember. So I, I hope and I pray that number one, Number one, you, uh, through, through the word that I have shared with you, through Holly's testimony about uh, what, what, what God is doing through her and in her, I hope that, that, that you remember, if anything. I hope that you remember. And I also hope this. My prayer is this, is that, that, that God has given you a clear path and a clear direction for where you are to proclaim his name. To what people? Whether that's the people next door or the people in Thailand. I don't know. But God has put a desire in your heart to reach somebody. Who is that? What, what's holding you back from that? Where, where is that? I mean, if you could dream big and, and you know, think that, that nothing's holding me back, not finances, not school, nothing. Like, where would I go? What would I do with the gospel of Jesus? Man, when you dream big like that, when you allow God to, to just show you a path, 
I promise you, that, that inspires you, that pushes you towards a new desire to go and share the, the gospel with the people in the locker next to you. It really does. It, gives, it, re, it refocuses you. It, it gets you on the right track. And I hope that God is showing you different places where you can serve and how you can love other people and, and things you can do to share the gospel of Jesus Christ with people through your lives. So let me pray, and we'll have a time. We're just going to worship God. We're going we're to sing praises to him. Um, and then we're going to go into our small groups for just a few minutes tonight. Father, thank you, Lord, for Holly. Lord, it is not easy to stand up here and speak and, and share your, your heart with so many people. Lord, I know that she has done everything you've, you've asked her to do. And it's about obedience, and that's what we're all about here at Simple Church, and that is about being obedient to you and what you lead us to do. And number one on that list is sharing our testimony and what you have done in our lives. So, Lord, I praise your name for Holly and her willingness to, to do this, even though it's hard and it's, it's against everything inside of her that was telling her not to, Lord, she did it anyway. So I praise your name for that. But God, I also... I pray that you have given us a, a vision, Lord, for the different ways that we can serve in this world. God, you've called us to proclaim your good news, and, and that doesn't just have to be uh, within this building as we sing songs to you, and that's a great way to do it, to let the overflow of our hearts come out and through song, and that's what David did. But Lord, we also are called to go out into this world and proclaim your good news and let all the nations know that you are the one true God, and you're the God who saves. So, Lord, I pray that you've given us a vision for where we're supposed to go and do that, whether it's the person that is next door to us at our homes or they're across the world. God, whatever the case may be, Lord, I pray that we have a passion and a desire in our heart to reach those people that you have put there. God, you make it grow. God, you, you, you put that burning desire within us, Lord. I pray, Lord, that you would just continue to show us your way. And, God, that a passion for your gospel would continue to grow. Lord, we love you so much. We give you the praise and the honor for everything that has happened here tonight. Lord, I give you the praise and the glory for everything that's going to happen through Simple Church. Lord, how you've given us a vision to go out and reach this world for your kingdom. God, all the glory belongs to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Would everyone please stand?